0: Hey, thanks for checking out this week's message. We hope you're blessed by the Word of God. For more information on River of Life, you can check out our website, ROLMT.com, or download our app. Just search ROLMT in your App Store. Thanks. Good morning. Are you ready? Hey, I want to apologize to those that were here last night uh, that you might have come back to hear the same thing today. Same notes, but who knows what's going to happen. Because each time we gather, it is not a set, prepackaged, sterile gathering. The Holy Spirit is here, and the Holy Spirit wants to work differently and does work differently according to who's here and what he wants to accomplish in our life. What he wanted to accomplish last night may not be the same as today. Yeah. And what you didn't get last night, you may get today. Yeah, and I like preaching because this is all going to be new yeah. again yeah. because we want to rely on him, yeah. right? Yeah. Hey, here's a multi-tool. How many of you have multi-tools? That's, that's, that's great. You don't ask that around my, my, my sons. I've got four, th- four sons and, and my daughter too. They all carry knives. Okay, in fact, one loves knives so much he started Black Fox Knives Company and is doing great. Yeah. So anyway, knives. Uh, I've got two on me now. <laughs> I carry one that may or may not be legal. Jason's Jason Johnson's not here, is he? <laughs> this is not being recorded, is it? Okay. A little piece of webbing, and a carabiner. How many have a carabiner on them? Okay. April 22nd, 26th, excuse me, 2003, Aaron Ralston went out for a day hike. He, he spent a lot of time in the outdoors, lived in Colorado, uh, climbed all of the 1,400 peaks, over 1400, peak, 1,400 feet peaks in... And I want to apologize to your camera crew, too. Uh, <laughs> and he, he went to downclimb a little slot canyon called Blue John Canyon. And it was just... Uh, he was just going to go through there for a day and come out the other side, actually meet some friends later on in Utah. And so it was just kind of a day hike. As he was climbing down the canyon, he got to one piece where he was, it, it was too much, too kind of treacherous for him to jump down because of the, the rocks that were down there. So he down climbed over this little boulder. And as he was down climbing, letting himself down over the top, the boulder rolled and pinned his hand and his wrist. And he was there for five days. That's a squeeze. What do you do... During the squeeze. What do you do when the situation you are in makes your heart rise and fall at the same time? Where you don't know if you have a future or a fatality in front of you. You don't know what you're going to do. You're, you're panicked and you can't do anything about it. You're stuck there. What are you going to do? When we hit those situations, we need to come back and know that there is scripture and there's examples and there's people. And most of all, there is Jesus Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit to help us through those times that we are absolutely pressure squeezed. It might be you're squeezed in your relationships, your finances, your health. It might be what am I going to do? What did Aaron Ralston do? You guys know. Made a tourniquet. Put it a few inches below his elbow after five days. And he cut his arm off. This is what happened when he he did that. He had etched in the wall. Remember the slot canyon was really narrow. Just a little bit more in his shoulders. He had etched in the wall over here. His name, rest in peace, and the date with a dash. And he would try to finish it when he died. And he said, when, when he cut through that last, and if, if you want, do you want the description of what that was? <laughs> Everybody's saying no. So here's the description. <laughs> Read the book. When he finally broke through, <laughs> cut through, he said there was this euphoria of like being born again. Now listen, we as followers of Jesus will at different times and places find ourselves in that same kind of squeeze. And here is the thing, we are born again by the Spirit each time as we go through things, as we face things, Because God is there to help us through. It's not a one-time check-off and then we never have any pressure again. It is from pressure to pressure because that's how we grow. So I want to talk about that this morning for a little bit. I want to look at the, the example we have. We've already sung about it out of Exodus chapter 14. That he split the sea and we walked right through it. So if you have your Bibles, if you have your phone, whatever you use for scripture on Sunday morning... Turn to Exodus 14, and that's what we're going to look at. So how, how do we survive the squeeze? Here's the title of the message, he's got this. Okay, just, just I don't like it when somebody says repeat this, but I'm going to do it this morning, okay? Let's say he's got this. He's got this. This is what we have to know as we go through these times. But to start with, I want to help reframe our perspective. Many times when we look at something, our perspective is off, right? And we need to have somebody say, hey, just move over here and you can see it differently. How many times, guys, have we gone into the pantry and we go, it's not here. (laughs) I went in and out. It's not here. I turned the lights off and on. It's not here. I inventoried on the computer. It is not here. And our wives come in and they go like this. Oh, it's right there. I just, we just needed a different perspective. I want to reframe our perspective. Here we go. Write these down if you would like to, because we live in a Western mindset that is coddled. Okay. It's self, it's self-centric. Here's, here they are. Here's, here's the. Here's the rules. Everybody smile as I read these, okay? Life is hard. You are not important. Your life is not about you. You are not in control. And you are going to die. Shall we close in prayer with that great message? Jesus said it differently when he said, if you want to follow me, you'll deny yourself, you'll pick up your cross, and then you can follow me. He said it in the right way. He said it in the way that we have to reframe, re- reframe our perspective so we can understand what's going on. While these things are true, and listen, don't tell your kids you can be anything you want to be. That is not true. You can be more of who you are. And you can be more of what God wants to do. But you, you can't be anything you want to be. Our youngest son took that literally about me. And when he was at school, they asked, what does your dad do? And he said, he's, um, he's an astronaut. <laughs> People were calling. Eh, Jim, did you know that, uh, well, yeah, you know, that's my, that's my son. Because he, he had, the, you know, if, if we can be anything we want to be, I want my dad to be an astronaut. You can be more of who you are, and that's what you're going to see as we walk some, through some of these things in what is going on. So let's reframe our perspective, and let's understand that the story, the, listen to this, your story is really his story. We, we, we've got we've to grab that, or we're never going to like our own story, and we're always going to be comparing it to somebody else's story. We're gonna be comparing our life to someone else and you're you're gonna end up with two things. I'm better than them or I'm worse than them. But we have to understand that the story that God is writing, your story is his story. So listen to this in in Exodus chapter 14. Uh, I I love this chapter and I I know what messages are about four hours here, I, I think, okay. Then the Lord said to Moses... Tell the people of Israel to turn back. They had been going one direction. Turn back and encamp in front of pe Between Migdal and the sea in front of Bel-Zephon. When you, you shall camp facing it by the sea. For Pharaoh will say of the people of Israel, they're wandering in the land. <laughs> Pharaoh will say, if you read between the lines, they are crazy lost. The wilderness has shut them in. I will harden Pharaoh's heart. He will pursue them. I will get the glory over Pharaoh and all his host. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord. These last four words are the best here. And they did so. Now, you've got to understand what's going on. They left Egypt, they're going one way, and then God says, I want you to go this way. So they go this way. And they're going this way for a while, and camping this way, and God says, no, I want you to go this way. So they, they go this way, and they go, we, we, we're going that way, Egypt is this way, and now we go back over here to this place, and God says, now I want you to, and Pharaoh's going, these guys are crazy, and, and they're lost, your story may look crazy. But I want it to be crazy obedience to what God is saying. Because he's writing something for you and he's doing something from you for you. You might be wandering, it might seem that you're wandering all over the place. But if you are being crazy obedient to God, God is doing something. Now don't just be crazy. Don't just be weird. Okay? Please don't be be weird. I'll never be invited back again if Pastor Jason comes back and you're all weird, okay? But let me see. people are weird, but the Holy Spirit isn't weird. So just be crazy obedient to God because he's writing a story for his glory. And it's not about you. It's about his glory through you. Now, he has to use us, and he's chosen to use us, but our point here is let's do so because he's got this. Let's wander around seemingly in the desert by his his word. Let's do that. Be crazy obedient to him because we know he's got this. The next thing is not only do we need to reframe our perspective, not only do we need to know that, that our story is his story, we also need to know that, that we have an opponent, right? We, we have an opponent. Let's, let's look at, I want to look now down at verses 5 through 9. Just let me read them. When the king of Egypt was told that the people had fled, the mind of Pharaoh and his servants were changed towards the people, and they said, What is this we have done so that we have let Israel go From serving us. What were we thinking? We had 2.5 million free employees, and we let them go. And now they're out there wandering around. So he made ready his chariot. I I like how this builds. This is awesome. He got his chariot. Now, Pharaoh, have you ever seen his tomb? (laughs) I mean, it's pretty big. Okay, it's pretty elaborate. I wonder what his chariot was like. I mean, like, bling, bling, probably spinners on the wheels. (laughs) Remember when that was a deal? Maybe it still is. I don't know if you have spinners on your wheels. I'm sorry. Um, Like the greatest stereo. Like everything is Bluetooth. Like directly from him to the horses. Just Can you imagine what his chariot was like? And he made his chariot ready. Is it all charged up, ready to go? And not only that, he took his army with him and took 600 chosen chariots and all other chariots. (laughs) It's like he's going, okay, we got mine, which is just, you know, on hydraulics as it went down. And then he got the 600 best. And then he's saying, all y'all come, right? Just all the chariots. We're going to make a force out of this. And they go after them. So verse eight says, and the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and he pursued the people of Israel while the people of Israel were going out defiantly. I want to talk about that in just a second. The Egyptians pursued them and all of Pharaoh's horses and chariots and his horsemen and his army overtook them at the sea by Hiheroth in front of Baal Zephon. So here we go. We have an opponent, an opponent. Uh, first of all, I want to say that <clears throat> opponents are really necessary. They're, they're, really, they're really necessary. Can you imagine our life without an opponent? Just, just think of it for a second. You have gone through all the training in your sports camp. You've done everything you're supposed to do. You show up at the gymnasium and there's no opponent. Wouldn't that be kind of a bummer? The the stadium sells out. Everybody comes in. Your team gets on the field, and there's no opponent. How long do you think that pro sport would last? When I was young and dumb, dumb, dumber, uh, I rode bulls. (laughs) Now, what if I got already... And I I looked in the chute, and there was no bull. But I still got down there, and I put my rope around nothing. And I warmed it up, and I took the wrap, and I nodded for the gate, and they let me out, and I just hopped around. And and sometimes I made it the eight seconds, and sometimes I wouldn't. How long do you think that sport would last? I I don't think it would last very long we do have an opponent. And, and I, I want to reframe our perspective here a bit too. Now listen, this opponent is a jerk. He is an opportunist. He, he looks over the landscape of your life to try to find some place to land to bring in some damage, to destroy you, to bring you down. He is a jerk, but God's got this. And the, the, what, so we have to realize that there is an opponent that we will face every day, that he is a defeated opponent, but he still is an opponent. There was never a basketball game, there was never a rodeo, that when you showed up, they just handed you the buckle. You won. Well, now they do that with kids and soccer, and (laughs) got a bunch of snowflake (laughs) people. Let's see. Let me get back to my notes here. Um, We do have an opponent, but I want you to notice something here. They were going out, it says, defiantly. Please be careful. We do have an opponent, but do not let, because he's got this, and it seems like we're doing so well, and he is writing his story, that we allow pride to creep in. There is nothing that stinks more than spiritual pride. Yeah, and sometimes, uh, let's be honest, sometimes we as God's people don't smell it on one another. Yeah. But they do. <laughs> Those out there that are seeking for all kinds of things can smell that. Yeah. So let's stay humble yeah, right. as we do this crazy obedience, allowing God to write his story in our life. We do have an appointment, uh, an opponent. We do have some competition. And, but we have to say that God's got this in, in the midst of it. That's what we're saying. Here these guys were coming after him, but instead we say with the opponent, God, you're here. You're with us. Let's read this next verses from 10 to 14. Here's what I want to say about them. It's okay to panic when we're in that squeeze. Aaron Ralston panicked a bit. It's okay to panic, but don't live there. Okay, let's read these verses. Come back and talk about it. Verse 10. When Pharaoh drew near, the people of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians were marching after them, and they feared greatly. Your focus will affect your faith. Where you focus and where you look will affect your faith. I want you to look at the change here of the children of Israel. Just a few verses earlier, they were walking out defiantly. (laughs) Egypt, you suck at being Egypt. And if you don't sorry, if you don't like that word. Just erase that from the YouTube thing. They're walking out going, Pharaoh, you're such a loser. And Steve Martin was leading that Pharaoh dance, if you've ever seen that. If, that'll tell how old I am. Just, but now look where they're at. They are fearing greatly. If you get your eyes on the enemy and get your eyes on your problems, you will go from, Lord, I think we got this, and you've got it, to fearing greatly. And this is exactly what the enemy would like to bring into our life is this fear to get a foothold in what we are doing and damaging our faith. There, we, we have lived in a, we've lived in a situation where fear has become a virtue. Somebody coughs and we're afraid. As a culture, we, and, and I know this is kind of politically laced, but when, when, does, when does fear supposed to be a virtue that we're afraid of everything? I mean, I'm, I'm so stinking ornery. If there was people too close around me, I'd go. <coughs> and you watch them talk about split the sea. You could split the crowd <laughs> and walk right through it. It was, it was great because fear was a virtue. And if, if we're not careful, if we, if, where, we, where we put our focus is where our faith will build. And this is exactly what they were doing. The Egyptians were marching behind them. They feared greatly. The people of Israel cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, is it because there's no graves in Egypt that you've taken us away to die in the wilderness? Whenever that panic sets in, one of the first things we want to do is start blaming somebody. And this is the first thing they do. It's throughout history. It's throughout scripture. It's throughout your history. It's throughout my history. When I don't like it, I'm going to blame. Wow, a lot of amens on that one. <clears throat> hey, listen, Moses, didn't, why, why are you bringing out here in the wilderness? Look at verse 12. Is not this what we said to you in Egypt? Leave us alone that we may serve the Egyptians. Now, did they say this? Maybe one, one day, but the next day there was something else because they didn't have the right kind of faith focus. For would it have been better to serve the Egyptians... For it would have been, uh, so we would not die in the wilderness. And Moses said to the people, here we go, what? Fear not. Fear not, stand firm, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work for you today. I love this verse. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you will never see again. Isn't that awesome? If you stand firm... If you move away from fear and let your faith focus the right way, the enemy that you are looking at today, you will never see again. Uh, Folks, this is God's word. The Lord will fight for you. You only have to shut up. Amen. You, well, let me reread that. You only have to be silent. What we're doing here is we're, we're, we're reframing that perspective of what's all around us. And we're saying, God, I'm going to focus on you. I'm not going to fear. I am going to stand firm. I'm going to stand in what I believe. I'm going to stand controlled by the truth. I'm going to stand controlled by you've got this. I'm going to fear not, but begin and not react to everything, not just panic, like I mentioned, but I'm going to respond. Now, listen, you can panic, but like I said, don't live there. It's, 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 it's okay. I, I read some weird books. One of the books I read is um, Last Breath. <laughs> I, I thought it was, well, okay. Last Breath was this, all the ways you could die uh, doing adventures, <laughs> drowning, uh, just, just all avalanche, hypothermia, not enough water, dehydration, all the, uh, all the, because I like to do all those things. So I, you know, I, what's that last breath gonna be like? That's gonna, if you can kind of just think ahead, and kind of, kind of prepare for that, right? <clears throat> uh, yeah. So in, in an avalanche, they tell you, don't panic. You're buried in snow, but if you, uh, uh, please, and they'll say this if you're getting, if, just, this is a, I hope none of you ever have to experience this, but who knows. If you break through the ice, don't start flailing. Just sing a little nursery rhyme and don't panic, okay? That's, that's the first thing you need to learn. I had one of those incredible great wrecks this winter, backcountry skiing. I had a bunch of good skiers in front of me. We were on some a little bit sketchy terrain, not too bad, just a little bit in some of this good snow we've had. And I was trying to catch up with them and wiped out, got thrown through the front windshield, lost both skis. They came off, I, I lost a pole, and I'm buried headfirst in the snow. But I remembered the book. Don't panic. So I just rested there for just a second, going, huh, I can breathe. That, that's good. I'm not dead yet. That's good. I've, everything is good. So now let me try to get out of this. And, and eventually did, and it was, it, was, it was so great. I mean, I, I told, told you guys last night, my, my wife had bought me a shovel, one of those collapsible shovels you put in your snowpack for, for this kind of a thing. And she got it for me for Christmas, and I got to use it. It was, <laughs> it was so good. It kind of wiggled out, got my pack off, and got the shovel out, and then collapsed it and began to work. That was so great. Thank you, babe, for this shovel. Uh, when I told her about what happened, she hit me over the head with the shovel when I got home. But it's, it's, a, it's a multi-tool, right? There, it, can, it can be used many, many different ways. I had, I, like I said, I lost a ski pole, and... Uh, that was so much fun, digging in the snow for that ski pole. I had no idea where it was. I thought, I don't see it in front of me. And uh, so I was able to dig, and that was just such a joy. Dig in the snow, dig down. I found it about six feet down in the powder because it, it was a great powder day. And, and so that, that was just wonderful. You didn't know. You need to know any of that, but it, it, it was just great. Don't panic. Don't don't panic but don't stay there so that you can go from reaction to response and that's what we have to do in life we have to go from reaction to response get that emotion out a little bit whatever that is for you and we all have different emotions we all react differently if 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 you don't if you don't understand that let's just go up here and kind of one by one stick our finger in a light socket and you will see multiple different reactions <laughs> Some will go, oh, some will just lose their minds. Some will yell, some will laugh, some will cry. We all have different emotions. Just don't stay there. Those emotions are created by God as we learn things to say, okay, God, help me move to the next thing. Here's what we need to know in verses 15 through 29. And I'm going to read most of them. We need to know this. There is something bigger that is at work. Because he's got this. There's something we can't see. Even beyond our own story that is his. Even beyond reframing our perspective. Even beyond learning how to respond instead of react. There is something bigger. Let me read these. Again, start at verse 15. The Lord said to Moses, why do you cry out for me? Tell the people of Israel to go forward. Are you in a bad spot? Just Go forward. Do you, know, do you not know how this is going to turn out? Please just take one step forward. Just go forward. Lift up your staff, stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it that the people of Israel may go through the sea on dry ground. Through the sea. I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians so that they will go in after them and I will get glory over Pharaoh, all his host, his chariots, his horsemen, and the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord, that I've got this, when I've gotten glory over Pharaoh, his chariots, and his horsemen. Then the, This is kind of interesting, okay? Kind of, kind of follow this here. Then the angel of the Lord, who was going before the host of Israel, moved and went behind them and the pillar of cloud moved from before them and stood behind them. Now you have to understand, remember the cloud and the fire, that was one. The fire created cloud. It was it was all one. It was not two separate things. It was one. And during the day, the cloud of smoke, they could see that, and the 2.5 million would follow that smoke. And at night, they could see the fire because it would light up. So here, it's moved between them. And look verse 20, coming between the host of Egypt and the host of Israel, and there was a cloud and the darkness, and it lit up the night without one, the Egyptians, coming near the other, Israel, all night long. Just a separation, and an angel was there. Just so cool. I'd like to, I want to see all this. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord drove the sea back by a strong east wind all night and made the sea dry land, and the waters were divided. And the people of Israel went through the midst of the sea on the dry ground, the waters being a wall to them on their right hand and on their left. Are you guys looking at this with living color? You know what that is? That's an aquarium. One of the first aquariums where they could walk through and they're looking at the fish. It's a wall on their right and a wall on their left. And they're just walking through it going, wow, look at that shark. And some little kids are making faces at the shark and the shark came out and dried on the land, and the, the elders pick him up and throw them back in the aquarium because there was no glass there, it was just the sea. They're pitching rocks at the turtles as they go by. What an incredible event that was. Can you imagine that? The sea is just standing up and they're walking through it. Scripture says on dry ground. They started in the afternoon. They walk through it all night long. The angel is there looking at the Egyptians, and you have to understand, no matter how crazy your obedience is, no matter how weird the story looks, he's got this, and our faith is not in just that the walls of water are standing up, because the next time you get in trouble, and you stretch your hand over the sea, and you jump in, you will drown, because each time is different as we follow God. The issue is not being able to part the sea. The issue is the, being able to be obedient to Jesus Christ as he takes us through what he is taking us through. And they walked through this. This, this is so great. In the midst of the sea, they walked through this on dry ground. Now, look at this, verse 23. The Egyptians pursued and went in after them in the midst of the sea not smart okay all pharaoh's horses his chariots and his horsemen and it, i i just think scripture is just so so much fun to read how many times have we read this and it's so much you know it's so much better than flannel graph too put it <laughs> put it in a living color like Put it in living color like your video games or whatever you like. If you're a gamer and you like just think of think of scripture that way. Don't it's not sterile, it's living. It's a two-edged sword. And in the morning, in the morning watch, the Lord in the pillar of fire. (laughs) You bet the Lord is in that pillar of fire. Just picture that. Look down on the Egyptian forces. and threw the Egyptian forces into a panic. How did he do that? I don't know. My own own gaming mind is, is running. My own movie set is running. And I think he just reached down and stirred him up a little bit. Pharaoh's bumping Bluetooth chariot is now going a different direction. So the leaders are going, oh, well, we need to go this way. And then the leaders begin to fight. No, they're over there. And all this, all this Egyptian war broke out and threw them into a panic, clogging their chariot wheels so that they drove heavily. Now, I don't know what all that was, but as I think of a chariot wheel, one of the most fun things would be would to be stick a, a, a stick in their spokes. I, the other crazy thing I've, I've done is, is mountain bike and cycle cross and road races on my bike. There's times, they, there's guys I would just love to have stuck a stick <laughs> in their spokes. I, would just, I, was, I was getting dropped and I, I was going behind. And I just, man, Lord, give me some sticks. Just, uh, Lord, if, if you give me sticks, I know that's from you. And I'll stick them in their spokes. So it just clogs everything, everything up. Well, the Lord answered that prayer here, even before I prayed it. And he clogged their chariot wheels so that they drove heavily. And the Egyptians said, listen to this because it's important. Let us flee from before Israel for the Lord fights for them against the Egyptians Then the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand over the sea that the water may come back upon the Egyptians, upon their chariots, and upon their horsemen. So Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the sea returned to its normal course when the um, the morning appeared as the Egyptians fled into it. Huh? (laughs) Do you get the picture? Here's the sea. Let's let's do this, okay? It splits. The Egyptians are going after Israel, who is in front. And it says they were fleeing after the Israelites. Did you see that? A few verses ahead. And now they are so stinking confused that they fled into the sea. They were fleeing, and now they're flooding into it. See, I'm a creative person. I think you can say things multiple ways. I think you can spell words multiple ways. In fact, if you don't know how to spell a word more than one way, I think you're an idiot. I I just think... Spell check sometimes goes, what are you trying to say? And it just quits. They'll say, I'm, I'm out of here. But look at this. They, they fled into the sea. And the Lord threw the Egyptians in the midst of the sea. The waters returned, covered them. Not one, it says right at the end of verse 28, not one of them remained. But the people of Israel walked on dry ground through the sea, the waters being a wall to them on their right and on their left. Now look at verse 30. Because... Here's really the rules. Here's the rules. Thus, the Lord saved Israel that day from the hand of the Egyptians. And Israel saw the Egyptians dead on the seashore. I I pray that you can see your enemies, not people, not flesh and blood, but your enemies of fear, your enemies of doubt, your enemies of addiction, your your enemies of not being able to go forward. I pray that you would see your enemies dead on the other side of the challenge and the squeeze that you are in. Israel saw the great power of the Lord that the Lord used against the Egyptians. And here we go. Here's the rules. So that the people... Feared the Lord and they believed in the Lord and in his servant Moses. Verse 31 has these Red Sea rules. When we're in the squeeze, what are we going to do? One, fear the Lord, focus on his plan. This is self control. This is not being a coward, this is being crazy obedient. The fear of the Lord is obedience. That's what the fear of the Lord is. We all know that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, that the fear of the Lord is a treasure. The fear of the Lord practically walked out is obedience to him. If you're in a situation right now with a person, with your finances, with something that is not obedient to the Lord, you're not fearing the Lord. If there is something that is going to cost you no matter what, but it is contrary to God's word, you need to practice the fear of the Lord, which is crazy crazy obedience to say, I will get out of this situation. I will rectify this situation because I fear the Lord and I want to be obedient to him. Do not milk toast or spin scripture or say, it's about me and I can do this this way. Instead, say, Lord, I'm going to fear you by walking in obedience to your word. Because no matter what this looks like, I understand that you've got this, and I'm going to be obedient. Now listen, don't blame it on God if you keep in the wrong way and say, God, where are you? The Lord, you're not here. I'm still in trouble. And he's going, you're still not crazy obedient. He's going, Lord, the Egyptians are nipping on my my heels. They're here right now. And he's going, just obey. Just fear me. This is the greatest thing we can do. To slap the enemy silly. That's not in scripture, but. Well, I I think it is in Hezekiah 5.9. Look it up. (laughs) We can slap him silly by our obedience. We do that because we fear the Lord. Here's the second rule. Believe in the Lord. If you won't believe, your emotions won't behave. Let me say that again. If you won't believe, your emotions won't behave. One of the fruit of the spirit is self-control. The self-control comes in when we go, Lord, I'm going to believe you. And I I had my little hissy fit. I I panicked. I reacted. But Lord, now I'm going to respond to you. I'm going to get my emotions in line and I'm going to believe what you say. Fear the Lord. Believe the Lord. And three, believe in Moses. What this rule is here is believe in the people of God. God from the leaders to the fellow workers to those that have gone before us that can look at each other and say, God's got this. That can come down. I was in a situation where I, I did not know how I was going to make it. It was that crushing of the chest that seemed so dark. What was the next day going to look like? And I had a friend call and say, God's got this. You can do this. And at first, I wanted to say, buzz off. You don't know what I'm going through. But as I had that little panic, and then as I came back and said, okay, Lord, what is it? I allowed him to guide me through that squeeze. He had been through one, and I believed the work of God in his life. Fear the Lord, believe in the Lord, and believe in the people that God has put around you. Here we go. Here's the conclusion. Let's, let's go back to where we started. Here's our perspective. Life is hard, and that's how we learn. Your greatest lesson is just on the side of this greatest struggle. And as we break through, that's where we learn. And that's where we say, he's got this. You are not important, therefore fear him. Obey him. Obedience makes you his importance. Your life is not important but his plan is eternally important because he's got this. Fill into that plan, fall into it, be obedient to it. Let him write that story because his eternal plan is important. You are not in control, but he is. And your crazy obedience may not look like you're in control. And the enemy coming in after you may not look good, but he's got this. You're not in control, he is. And we trust him. Go try to force it on your own. See how that works. No, don't, don't, don't do that. But just realize I'm not in control, he is. That's why I fear him. That's why I obey him. That's why I listen to those that God has placed around me. The other one I mentioned is you are going to die. And I want to say yes, but just not right now. It will be his time, not your time. And it is going to happen, but not now. He's got purpose for you. He's got this. And we have to see that he has it. Would you stand with me today? Let's have, have the prayer teams come up. And I just, I just want to pray. I don't, I don't want you to raise your hand necessarily. Um, Have you ever been in one of these squeezes where the boulder slipped, you're stuck, you're stuck there for five days, it requires some really crazy things to take place. Have you ever been there? Are you there now? Maybe it's financially, maybe it's relationally, maybe it's in decisions that you need to make and you feel that squeeze. I want you to know God's got this. If you're going, wow, I've never experienced that, I want to look at you in the eyes saying you're headed towards it because that's how we grow. So let me pray. Let me pray. And as, as Seth leads this song, and uh, just if, if you want prayer, come to some of these folks. They would be more than willing to pray with you. I, and I want, I want to do this, okay? Some of, you, some of you have been around when I've done this before. Um, actually this started when I was a kid when they said bow your head and close your eyes and I never did I always wanted to look around and see who else was looking around (laughs) who else was a little rebellious right so I'm going to pray and I do not want you to bow your head and I do not want you to close your eyes in fact I want you to do the very opposite I want you to look around Because there's brothers and sisters in this room, there's families in this room, there's people in this room that are going through tough things. And we have to learn that we can do this together. So I may or may not call you out if you bow your head. I may or may not call you out if you're not looking around. Are you ready? Let's pray. Jesus, we just come to you. We acknowledge today, Lord, that the tough places we've been in is your story. The places where we have had to have some radical obedience is because you have brought us there. The places where we thought was going to be the end began to be the beginning. So Lord, I pray for my brothers and sisters in this room. For whatever they are going through, may we recognize as we are obedient to you, it is of your hand. And that the next great liberation is right on the other side of this incredible squeeze. And you will part the water and we will walk right through it because he's got this thank you jesus in your name amen hey thanks for listening river of life is a ministry in east missoula montana